to episode number. Welcome to episode number 34 of the Unmapped Podcast. On this podcast, we talk about life, upbringing, education, ideas, morals, current events, politics, passions, and more. My guest today is Chris. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. has a really interesting story, and I'm going to explain to you how we're going to get started. So what I like doing is I like starting with the origin story of your parents, going to the upbringing of you as like a kid, so like a little bit of elementary, middle school, escaping to high school, and then how you got into college education or whatever your moves were after that, because I actually don't know. Um, so, you know, I'll hand it to you and we'll get started. Okay. Um, that's quite the introduction. Thank you. Thank you. It was good. I like it. <laughs> um, and I didn't completely know what this podcast was about until I just heard that introduction. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's why I explained it in the beginning of everyone because yeah. most guests are like, what do you, why do you have a podcast? Like, what do you talk about? Um, but yeah, it's all about you. Uh, we're going to kind of delve into your life story a little bit here. All right. Um, all right. Uh, so... Yes, I'm Chris Johnson. Um, no middle name. My parents, though. So uh, my mother is Colombian. Okay. Uh, and my father is a Western European mutt mix. So said my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, because he's like German, Irish, Norwegian, Swedish. Um, oh, wow. I got a lot going on there. Yeah, and Danish. But um. Uh, so so my father's parents. My grandmother was from Germany, and she lived in Germany. And my grandfather, I just found out recently, was in the Air Force, and I didn't, I didn't really know that. But your grandfather? My grandfather, yeah. yeah. And he was in the Air Force. He got stationed in Germany, and he met my grandmother, and then he brought her back to America. Okay. Um, then uh, they settled down in Smithtown. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, so you're pretty local then. Yeah, so... It's not that far from here. Smithtown is, what, like 15 minutes from here, I'd say? Yeah, if, if that. Um, and so, yeah, my father has always lived here on Long Island. Um, and then my mother was born in Columbia, both her parents from Columbia. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she was, I think when she was 15, she had a dream that she was going to move to America. Mm-hmm. Um, meet an American man and then have three boys, three children. Is that what happened? Um, and that's exactly what happened. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So she, she, uh, that's so specific. Yeah. It very, it really is. It's very specific. Um, but my mother's a very spiritual woman. So like, okay. you know, when she had this dream, that was it. Like she knew exactly what was going to go on. What was, uh, she knew exactly what was going to happen. I guess that that's something that we all wish we had some like yeah, no some really guidance is. like that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so she illegally crossed um to this country on foot and like you know, so she like traveled all the way up Colombia mm-hmm. through Mexico, crossed El Rio Grande, mm-hmm. um, and then hitchhiked from Texas all the way to New York. So you're badass, or it comes from both sides. Of your <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well no, my mom was in the Air Force, and your mom no, my, walked all the way here. God damn it. Yeah, no, my mother, uh, yeah, she's, she's probably the strongest woman I know. Um, but she, yeah, so she hitchhiked all the way to New York, um, hardly knowing a lick of English. And, um, and then she managed a job at, uh, Estee Lauder, the fragrance, the fragrance company. Um, and so she was working there. And she met my father at a roller disco. 
The roller disc. Oh, back when those were cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool meat story. Yeah, yeah. right. It's cute. That, yeah, I think so. Wait, um, so um, your uh, grandparents were the ones that were originally in the U.S. beforehand. So, like, was your father born here or no? Yes. So okay. my father was born here okay. in, um, uh, I think Lake Grove, which is okay. right right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so my father was born here. My grandfather was born here, but my grandmother was born in Germany. Mm-hmm. And then on my mother's side, everyone else is from Colombia. Yeah. Um, but, and apparently I've got a great, my, so my mother's grandfather is Japanese. So really? Oh, yeah. So a great grandfather. You got a lot of mix going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quite, quite the, quite the mixture. Um, but yeah, I think so. That's, that's my, that's my parents. Um, and then, yeah. So my mother met my father at, the, at this roller disco. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother still at this time hardly knew any English, but you know, I guess I guess uh, love love knows no language. Yeah, yeah. Um, you could say, and uh, well, then again, people say that French is the, the language, language of love. love so. well, I don't know why uh, French kind of sounds weird to me, honestly. It does. It does. <laughs> it, it is very strange, um, especially with that the the inner throat sounds. Mm-hmm. And, do you know um, French? No. Oh, okay, okay. Just, yeah, <laughs> just Spanish and English. Um, so you actually grew up bilingual in your house. Yeah, so so it's interesting because I know a lot of friends who mm-hmm. are half Hispanic, and they can speak Spanish much better than I can. Um, and I don't understand what happened along the line, but I think it's because my father never really... Um, I don't know. My, my father just didn't have a, a knack for picking up another language, so... Like to this day, like um, he does, he hardly knows any Spanish. So I think yes. maybe <laughs> like the limited amount that my mother spoke in the house, um, the limited amount of Spanish she spoke, was what limited my ability to pick it up fluently. Okay. But I, I understand Spanish completely. I just can't speak it. Okay, um, that's very similar to my cousins. Okay, my, cousin, my cousins can uh, understand understand Bengali to the fullest extent, right. but they can't speak it at all. Okay. Um, so it, I understand where that's coming from. Yeah, um, which which is unfortunate because no, I wish I could speak it like fluently. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if anyone comes up to me and, and tells me something, I know what they're saying. And uh, and I passed I passed the Spanish speaking test on the Suffolk County Police exam when like I was going through that process of trying to be a cop. But oh, we'll go into the, that later. Oh, okay, it's right. <laughs> <That's, that's> another <laughs> story. Um, We're still at the beginnings here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you the oldest of all your siblings, or there so no, so um. So my mother, before she moved to America, um, and I guess after she had the dream, I'm not sure what happened along the line, but so my mother had, um, was married before to another man in Colombia and had a daughter and that's my older sister, Tatiana. And so unfortunately he passed away mm-hmm. in a Rest trucking, um, what's it? Recipes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, in a, uh, in a trucking accident, mm-hmm. he was a truck driver, um, but uh, so then after that, you know, my mother was a, she was a single mother raising um, my daughter, and then I, maybe that's when she realized that she should fulfill her prophecy and and maybe set up a better life for Tatiana because it's it's a very it's a very difficult life. And um, so she when she uh, immigrated to the U.S., she came with your no no. So she okay. left she left Tatiana with her sister because my okay. mother has um, nine sisters. And had three brothers, that's a lot um, of siblings. So that's a huge family. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with her, that it was like a, what was that? Like thirteen? It was like a thirteen, yeah, um, thirteen children. Um, 
And so she left Tatiana with one of her sisters. Then she moved to America. Then when she got a job and settled down with my father, then that's when she brought Tatiana okay. over to have like a stable, yeah. stable household. Um, and so... So she's the oldest. Yes, thank yeah, you. That's where I, I was going with that. Um, so Tatiana, she's she's much older too. Um, I'm 23, uh, and Tatiana is 34. Oh, so wow. she's 11 that's years older. Yeah. yeah. So she was always tasked with babysitting, you know, when, mm-hmm. when we were younger. So I have an so I have an older brother, Michael. Um, he's 25. Okay. Uh, and I just turned 26, and then I'm the middle. Okay. And then I have a younger brother, Brian. He's twenty, about to be twenty-one. Um, oh, you guys are pretty like, e- like evenly. Yeah, close. Yeah, close so in age. Twenty-two years older than my younger, and then three years younger than my older. Um, and so yeah, so I'm the I'm the middle child. Uh, and do you feel like the middle child? Because my brother's the middle child, and I definitely feel like he definitely he he doesn't get as much attention as I got as okay. a child, or as my sister gets because my sister's five. Yeah. So like obviously she's gonna get all the attention now. Like, yeah. he's, like, just stuck there, and they're, like, we, we want to care more, but, like, there's a five-year-old that's, like, we need to make sure it's, like, not yelling, <laughs> yeah. and then there's, like, the older one where it's, like, just, like, you know, like, for me, for my mom especially, like, I was a child, like, I was a baby, like, not that long ago, so, like, seeing an adult now, it's, like, weird to her, and, like, she definitely gives me more attention than she should. Yeah, uh, and that, and then, no, it's funny you say that, because, um... I I didn't really know because like I knew there's a thing with the middle child mm-hmm. it's it's always been a thing but I didn't know it was more of like a not a neglected thing but like like a yes so apparently like <laughs> the, the middle child doesn't get, get as much it attention. Gets less attention and I didn't realize that until people started telling me that and I started thinking back and realizing that, yeah that's true because it happens. you know the baby is always the baby yeah and then the firstborn it's is the always first, the firstborn exactly you know? so, it's not it's not neglect really it's just like yeah. you, they don't have as much time for you like, yeah just because like a five year old will always require a lot more time like in, in my case at least mm-hmm. like the younger one will always require more time because like they're on the upcoming you know whatever maybe their baby and then the older one is probably going through no you're fine the older one's probably doing things beforehand like you know, going through certain phases first or um, having issues that, you know, the the one in the middle doesn't have yet. Like, in my scenario, like, my brother is, uh, when, when I was going through high school stuff, so, like, arguing with my parents, this and that, my brother was, like, eight at the time. Okay. Eight-year-old doesn't really have any issues. Like, they've already kind of established, like, he as like he's not a child right. anymore, where it's, like, they have to feed him. Right, right, right. But he's also not old enough where he has, like, problems. Yeah. He's just kind of coasting. Yeah. So, like, you're at that middle where you're coasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I definitely see that. Um, but, uh, no, I think I was a pretty manageable child. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so we were born, we were all born here in um, Port Jefferson Station. Okay. So that's uh, right up the road. Um, and I was uh, three years old because my younger brother, Brian, had just been born when we moved to Florida. Okay. So, uh, so all of you were born here, but you guys moved to Florida later on after Brian. Yeah. Brian was yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, we all moved down to Florida together. Tatiana, my father, my mother, and my two brothers. So we moved down to south the uh, southwest part of Florida. Cape Coral is the city, um, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of people love Florida, and it's it's a beautiful state. It's just, uh, you know, it's it's heaven's waiting room. 
That's that's what Florida Heaven's is. waiting room. Why, because, why do you say that? Because that's where <laughs> that's where people go to retire. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. like a lot of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, um, they have like the the vacation homes or whatever. Maybe you're like that. Like, yeah. Once they've retired, they just kind of go there. The snowbirds. Yeah, yeah. The snowbirds. Um, <laughs> so that yeah, and and it's not. I don't know. I mean, I personally didn't find it to be. Well, now in hindsight, I don't think it's the greatest place to raise kids because mm-hmm. there's so few kids around. Like in yeah. my neighborhood, there were so few kids. It was all, you know, senior citizens, old, old people. people. Yeah. Um, and, but I mean, uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah, so we lived in Florida and I was... So this is when you were, I think, you said three at the three, time? Three, yeah. Okay. I was like three when I got down there. So um, was your, was the most of... Most of, was most of your childhood uh, in Florida, like your early upbringing? Yeah. Okay. So from from when I was three years old until sixth grade, which was 2006. Mm-hmm. So from, I want to say 1997 until 2006. Uh, that's, yeah, that's nine years. Um, so you're in Florida at this time. And when, when did your parents make the decision to come back to yeah. uh, New York? So that's, uh, so my father like jumped around with jobs um he had he held a lot of jobs while we were growing up and uh, my grandfather so my dad's father owned a well he owned a lot of businesses but there was one business in florida that i guess he wanted my father to run himself mm-hmm. and it was this um automotive shop like an oil changing okay. um quick lube place uh and so that's what my father did for a little while, and he was running this place, and it was all right. But I guess, I don't know, I guess maybe my dad didn't want to do that anymore. So um, it's then I think it was that he found another job up here. I can't remember which job it was, but there was another job opportunity here back on Long Island. And he, I guess, you know, I guess my mother and my father wanted to come back. Probably got sick of the the snowbirds or whatever. Yeah, maybe like, oh, you know maybe it was that. Uh, I couldn't do Florida. There are alligators there. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> those are living dinosaurs, man. Yeah, they're just like you see them. And you're like, oh my god, like that thing is that shouldn't be there. Yeah, dude. They evolved, scary. became a certain type of animal, and they're like, this is fine. That and sharks, like they're like, oh yeah, like they've adopted to be this form, and they've just stayed that form because it works. Yeah, so that scares the crap out of it's me. It's nuts. So I don't want to be around that. <laughs> alligators, crocodiles. Um, no, uh, yeah, I used to catch, I used to catch lizards, not, not alligators or crocodiles, but, um, with my buddy, Carlos, a good friend of mine from Florida, we, we'd go around and run around his, like, development and just hunt lizards and catch them, and then they're we'd, like, fast. yeah, they are, and they're pretty tough to catch, but we'd get them, and we'd put them in these little, like, plastic bins, mm-hmm. and then we'd catch flies, and then, like, feed the flies to the lizards. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> Crocodile done me out of here. Yeah, right. <laughs> A smaller, much smaller scale. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we moved back up to Florida and... Not that, to Long Island. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, we moved back up to... So did you come back to the same area or did your parents actually move to a different area? So um, we moved in initially with um, my grandparents. Okay. So my, my father's parents owned a house out in Nessequa... Nessequa? Nessequake? No, Nessequa. I've the village of Nessa. Oh, okay, I know what you're talking about. And Nessa, there's a T at the end, right? Um, I think. All right, whatever. <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an area. Native, around Native American name. All these Native American names. Um, but, uh, Nessa, yeah, because it's the Nessaqua River. So, Nessaqua. Okay. 
village. Someone um, will Google it and they'll find out. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, so they owned a, a a house there that we moved into because it was a huge home mm-hmm. and it was just my grandparents. Um, and this was like a house that was like as a kid really really cool because it had like so many floors so many staircases so many rooms and this was a house that my grandfather commissioned to be built so like mm-hmm. you know he paid for he like he designed the From house like essentially job. yeah okay, that's really cool um and uh it was a really cool house so we lived there for from like 2006 until the summer of 2007 um so for a short period of time, just like reestablish uh, or like get a base. Yeah, just to find, you know, just to find out where we were going to move. And at that time, I was going to Nessequake, um Middle School. And that was my sixth grade. I, w- I went to Nessequake Middle School for the second half of mm-hmm. sixth grade until um, until, until seventh grade. Okay, okay. Oh, so then, you moved again after seventh? Yeah, so that okay. summer, so that summer of 2007, we moved out here to Stony Brook. Okay. Um into this house and I then went to Murphy Junior High School. That's Is that like, right here? Right here. Okay. Yeah. Um and so and so yeah, then we moved we moved there and, and now the house that we moved into was also my grandfather's. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. My grandfather like, <laughs> yeah, house is all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Businesses all over the yeah. place. Yeah. He was he was very, very um well off businessman and he owned houses in a lot of places and businesses. Um yeah, he did well for himself. So is your family still living in the same home today? No. Okay. No. So, so we lived. Again. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so my parents uh, split up in 2011, and so. So this is when you're in high school. Yeah. Okay. So I was in 11th grade. So like coincidentally, so like when I was in 2008, I was in eighth grade. 2009, ninth mm-hmm. grade. Oh like, wow, yeah. Yeah, like works out. So all I have to do is think of that. That's yeah. why I was like, how are you pulling these like the years? So yeah, quickly? it's easy. Like, it, I have to do the math in my head. It I was works like, out. It's like pulling up the, the years. Like he knows back of his head. You're prepared for this. Yeah, um, <laughs> it makes it easy. Um, so did and, you go? Did you go to high school in this area too? Yeah. Okay. So so I went to junior high, which um, I know majority of schools in America now are middle school. So junior high is from seventh grade yeah. to ninth grade. As, um, yeah, as middle schools are six, six to eight, six, six to eight, yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, oh, middle, middle, middle school is oh, six, seven, high eight. schools are nine to 12. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so yeah, junior high was seven to nine, and then my high school was 10 to 12. Um, and so yeah, I went to Murphy Junior High, and then I went to Ward Melville. Uh, and I, yeah, and I graduated, uh, 2012, and, yeah, so when my parents split up in 2011, though, and we lived in this house until um, 2016. I want to say 2016. Okay. Yeah, so we lived in we lived in this house in Stony Brook until 2016. But like I said, that that house belonged to my grandfather on my mm-hmm. father's side, and. We split up and my father left the house because, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't want to you know, live together and, you know, that happens. Um, and so, like, I guess my grandmother had allowed us to live in, live in that house until other circumstances came up and she had to sell the house mm-hmm. because my grandfather passed away and, mm-hmm. you know, finances and all that. So we, um, we ended up moving out of that house and my mother and my younger brother moved down to Florida and then my older brother moved up state to Buffalo 
So, okay. and my sister lives in Florida. Um, so at this point in time, like there's a lot of just like moving around. Going yeah, around. everyone. Yeah, everyone's separated, kind of dispersed. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm the only one here on Long Island, and uh, so when did you um because. Well, you said earlier that you found out later on that your your father was part of the the, the Air Force and grandfather grandfather yeah, sorry no, um was part of the Air Force and you didn't find that out until recently mm-hmm. but I find it interesting because you are also you know going to be deployed soon and all that stuff right but you're also focused you also focus on your college education and eleventh grade is like it's not your senior year of high school but this is right before you started making college decisions or yeah. whatever decision you were gonna make to kind of propel your adult life if you will. Um, so what, at this time, what decisions were you thinking of and then what spurred the decisions that you did end up making? Okay. Um, very good question. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, 2000, 2011 when I was in 11th grade and my parents split up, um, you know, it's not easy for anybody, for any, any kids, anyone in a family, you know, it's a huge, uh, obstacle to overcome. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I sort of always um, sort of like suppressed my, I don't know, my like feelings towards negative uh, situations, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I, you just tried not to think about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I tried. Mean, I mean, at that's that exactly age, what I tried to do. At that age, you're in high school. And like this is from my experience, like my parents were together when I was in high school. But even at that time, like going through puberty, going through, you know, all these issues, thinking about college, all that stuff. Like I was in angsty little shit at the time. And like that coupled with an, a real, a real problem like yeah. that, you know, having your parents split up, that could devastate you. Um, and for most kids, like it, it does. So it's, I mean, for anyone, it's a super, super t- tough situation to deal with. And on top of that, it's like you, you have, you know, you, you love both of your parents. So when that's yeah. something like that happens, you're, you're torn apart. Yeah. Like literally like just yeah. down the middle, like what do I do? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a great way of putting it. Um, and, and so I, yeah, I really just tried not to think about it. And I had then gone on into 12th grade, um, my senior year. And I, cause like my family has never been well off. Mm-hmm. My, my father's father was, but not my family, um, which is okay. You know? And, but I, I had never thought that I'd be able to go to college because of finances, mm-hmm. because of the financial situation. And so, and that wasn't a big deal to me because I, like, I, I always understood it. You know, you grow up in a, in a family that always struggled. You understand what it's like and yeah, yeah. you learn to not want unnecessarily. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So, I don't know. I sort of just didn't think I was going to go to college. Um but I knew I had to do something to not fall into the same struggles that my father mm-hmm. found himself in, you know, uh, searching for jobs, look, always looking for a new job. Um, and so I had given it a lot of thought and I wanted to be a pilot. And I thought like, hey, you know, how can I be a pilot? You know, that was a dream of mine. And An airplane pilot? Yeah. Like a airplane, like a fighter jet, like okay, any kind okay. of pilot. Okay. Um <laughs> And, and so I started looking into the Air Force. Um, That's so coincidental because you, you didn't know that your grandfather was in the Air Force. Yeah, it when is. Did, when it did is. you find that out? Um, like about a year ago. So, yeah, yeah, that's so coincidental. Yeah. That's crazy. It's in your genetics or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. And, I, and, and so, yeah, so I wanted to go the flight route. And naturally you think Air Force, you know, flying, mm-hmm. Air Force flying. Um, 
but little did I little did I know you have a better chance of becoming a pilot in the Navy than you do in any other branch. Okay. Um, do you know why? Why is that? There's just more opportunities um, in the Navy because in the Air Force it's very it's very prestigious. Um, the pilots are a very prestigious group, and it's very hard to get into. And like you have to go to the Air Force Academy, mm-hmm. and that's what I had been looking into the Air Force Academy. But you need like two um, endorsements from congressmen. Oh, and wow. you need you need a lot of things. Okay, okay. Um, same thing. Um, same thing for uh, that Naval Academy. I forget the name of it. Out in uh, I think it's in Connecticut. Either way, um, so it's like a very prestigious, like highly yeah. looked upon position. It's yeah, like, like you, I, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like it has to be like kind of it's like a torch that's like passed down to you type thing. Yeah, you know what? There may be like a what do you call that when uh, you have like lineage, like when your parents go to a university mm-hmm. and. Then, you know, you it's have, like an alumni type of thing. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. Family in the Air Force. Maybe. I, I don't know. So. I, yeah, I don't, <laughs> this I don't, is my guess. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. But I just know it was very prestigious and um, there was a lot that would have had to gone into it. Um, but anyway, so like I ended up not doing that. And then I was like, well, hey, look, if I'm going to join the military, I thought to myself, well, I might as well join like the best branch. Okay. And and now it's biased because uh, I, I am a Marine, so... It, so it is the best branch, thing. <laughs> to say To say it's the best branch is very biased. But, but I mean, you know, the, their motto is the few, the proud. And it's, this, it's the smallest branch um, of the military. It's a department of the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only like... T- I think they're trying to get their numbers down to 180,000 Marines total. Okay. Um, That's across the U.S. Across the okay. U.S. Um, and... And, uh, yeah, they have, like, the smallest budget. Mm-hmm. Marine Corps um, only only gets 5% of the DOD budget. Okay. And, like, you know, it's nothing. Um, but we make do with uh, very little. Mm-hmm. That's something that Marines are known for. But anyway, so, like, I, uh, so I thought to myself, you know, if I'm going to join the military, I might as well join um, a branch that, you know, I'd be the most proud of. And mm-hmm. I figured, you know, it's going to be the Marine Corps. So I got it into my head that the Marine Corps was going to be my route. I, I initially thought that I was going to make a career out of the Marine Corps. I thought that, um, you know, I'll do uh, I'll do like a lifetime in the military and then I'll retire early and live off a pension and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I knew that the military was the route to go because, you know, there's the GI Bill, which I could have used. There was other like there were financial resources that the military could have right, provided right. for me. Um and this was senior year of high school? The senior year of high school. Yeah, I was, this is a tough decision to be making as a senior Yeah. Person. But, you know, it's funny because I didn't think too much about it. Right. And it, it's such a strange thing to think back on mm-hmm. and for me to talk about. I Like, I just, I didn't think about a lot. I didn't think about a lot of things. I was always zoned out. I always, like, in high school, I, I was known as um, the biggest stoner. Okay, where are you going? No, okay. no. no but so, not a, so you're just like, okay, so at this time, though, there's a lot going on. So you're a little, like, spacey. It's like white noise. Like yeah, it's thing. weird, man. I was just in, like, limbo, man. Like, okay. you know, I was, like, known as the biggest stoner, but I've never, like, done drugs in my entire life. I mean, you're a Marine, so. Well, yes, yeah. that accounts for it. But, you know, even before then. Okay. Um, Straight edge. Yeah, my mother was just, you know, I was just afraid of my mother always. and she was, That's always good. You had to be afraid of your mom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's still scary. Um, but, uh. Yeah, so, like, I just didn't think too much about it. 
And it was this last year of high school, and I was like, okay, like, I'm going to join the military. Like, I don't have to care about this anymore. Like, I stopped, like, I, I started, like, near the, end of, near the end of the year, I, like, you know, stopped going to classes, and I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know, screw this. Like, I got it all figured out. I'm going to go to the military, blah, blah, blah. And then I, um, and then, and so I had this, like, mentality of, like, not caring anymore. So I, you know, and I, I think, I think I might have been following a girl, but I like auditioned for a play. Okay. Um, this is this is also in high school. This is yeah. same time. Okay. Yeah, this was uh, like the second half of senior year, and I auditioned for the show uh, for a theater a theater production mm-hmm. at my high school. Um, I think maybe because a girl suggested I audition, and I like this girl, but uh, I also you know I had this mentality of. Not not caring anymore, and, mm-hmm. and uh, like fuck it, like well, let me try it. Yeah, yeah, I got nothing to lose. Like I'm never gonna see these people again. Right. Like you know, I'm joining the military. Like blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. Like who cares? Um, and so I auditioned, and I got a I got a part. I got a decent role, and and then I just like fell in love with the process of um, after school like um, rehearsals and mm-hmm. memorizing lines and like hanging out in the theater, like just being in that space. I just felt something really, really special. And, uh, and so that second half of the senior year, I was in a few, in a few plays and I just, I loved every second of it and the people I met and, you know, the things we did and, and, you know, the plays we read and everything. It was just such a magical time for me, but I was still set on the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so we graduate, right. And then, um, and I graduate in, in June and, but in May, so on my 18th birthday, so my birthday is May 29. And so it was a few weeks before graduation, but on my 18th birthday, I asked my mom to drive me to the recruiting station and I basically just like filled out the paperwork mm-hmm. to enlist in the Marine Corps on my 18th birthday. And uh, um, this entire time, like were your parents fully supportive of this decision? Um, so... My father was. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming he knew of his father's background. Yeah, I, I guess he point. did. I guess he did. Um, I'm still surprised. I only recently found out about that. <laughs> anyway, um, my father was pretty supportive. And then my mother was skeptical, to say the least. I mean, as any mother would be to have it's your, their... your baby boy. Like, you don't want him to go out. You don't want him to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it's going to be like that. You, you don't know, you know. Like, I feel like... Um, there's a lot of people that just don't know a lot about the military in general. And I was one of them. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely one of them I before I joined. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's like a very, very... Um, I mean, there's a lot of specifics, but I think people have like a broad, like a very general idea. Like, yeah. like you said, like the Marines are a very small portion of it. Um, there's only 180,000 people. Like there's only 5% of the budget. Like... Most people don't know that. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, those are very, very specific things. But, like, I think in general, or maybe, I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is. But just, like, there's so many people that don't know anything about the military. And then there's a mm-hmm. lot of people that know a lot more about the military. Um, either way. Uh, so, you know, my mother was skeptical. And I wanted to go active duty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, this, and so there's a difference. Uh, there's the reserves and then there's active duty when it comes to the military and I wanted to go active duty as a grunt, as a rifleman, mm-hmm. as like infantry. Um, 
because I was, my mentality was like, well, if I'm joining the military, like I'm going to do, I'm going to go all the way, you know? And, and my recruiter actually, um, uh, persuaded me to take a more technical job because I scored pretty well on the ASFAB, which is the, which is the test you take when yeah. you're looking for a job. What's called the AS? The ASVAB. It's an acronym. It's like the ASVAB. Okay. Um, and that's just like to see kind of a, where you'd fall or like yeah. just like a general exam. Or like a standardized type of test? Yeah, it's okay. like, a, yeah, okay, it is. Okay. I might have actually gotten an acronym wrong. Uh, I don't know. I, I forget what it stands for, but that's one thing That's one thing about the military is there's millions and millions of acronyms. Um, <laughs> there really, really are. There's acronyms for acronyms. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I feel like that, that system is going to get like, eventually you just forget a bunch of stuff. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, <laughs> but, so I, so I, on that standardized test, I did pretty well. And, and okay. so, um, I got a score that qualified me for a few good jobs that my recruiter thought would be best for me to take. And, um, and my mother also didn't want me to go active duty. Right. Um, so we compromised and I did the reserves, okay. which, which meant that as soon as I was done with, um, my basic training, my combat training, and then my job school, mm-hmm. I would, I would come home back to Long Island and then I would train once a month in Brooklyn where, the basis where the okay. six com battalion is. Um, and I, I guess, you know, I guess I didn't look that far ahead and I just wanted to like get out of there. I wanted mm-hmm. to go to basic training. I just wanted to like, I mean, you're pretty young leave. at the time, you know? You're 17, yeah. I was 18. just, I just turned 18. Um, 18 year olds like don't yeah. really know anything. You don't, like, you, you know, look back at it like you really don't know anything yeah. at the time, um, but you think you do. You oh always yeah. Think you do. <laughs> oh yeah. You, yeah. You think you have the world all figured out. Um, so we compromised, and, and so I signed the contract for the reserves, and uh, and that was in that was in May on my birthday, mm-hmm. and I didn't leave for boot camp until January. So I had that okay. entire, you know, the six seven months, and um, and so uh, I also applied for Stony Brook, just like out of a whim. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was in the area, so you probably yeah. knew about it beforehand. And I knew it was, like, a little more affordable, okay. and I thought, like... Because I didn't know all the details. I thought, like, hey, look, maybe the Marine Corps would pay for the school and mm-hmm. whatever. And so I remember I applied for Stony Brook on the last day that they were accepting applications, and I wrote my application essay the last hour. So, nice. like, they closed it off at, like, 10 p.m. or something, and I, yeah, I like, started at 9, <laughs> and I, like, wrote... I wrote this little paper about... Um, climbing trees with uh with a buddy of mine in high school we used to like just climb trees and we'd sit in trees like for hours and we would just talk about life nice um this is down in florida i'm assuming no 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 no, no. it was up here yeah okay okay oh yeah. no you're pretty young and, yeah you wouldn't be talking about life with like <laughs> no yeah <laughs> you're a young philosopher out there <laughs> not not too many good climbing trees in florida okay also that um but uh yeah anyway so you wrote this essay um, and you handed it in and then got accepted yeah, to Sony. Yeah. So surprisingly, I got accepted um, and I, I, I didn't think I would. Um, but anyway, I got accepted and then I figured it out and like financially I, I'd have been able to go. Mm-hmm. So I did. Um, and so then I enrolled on that, that first semester in 2012. Okay. And so... I did that one semester and uh, finished in December, mm-hmm. and then I went to boot camp in January. 
Okay. So it, it worked out really well. Um, so you got to taste of college for a little bit. Yeah, okay. yeah. And uh, and what did you do that first semester here? Like so I just, it's <clears throat> excuse me, I took a bunch of gen eds. Okay. At the time, they were um, decks. Decks, yeah, now yeah. they're SBCs here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, I just took a bunch of decks and... Like, given, given your interest in... Uh, theater from early on like did you already like come in like kind of want to take those classes yeah i did okay. i did i wanted to take more theater classes but i didn't i, th- I took a intro to theater arts which was a terrible class mm-hmm. um because i don't even think it was i think it was like a history class and it wasn't even a theater class yeah. mine, mine was actually a th- i took theater 101 oh okay. that was like my sophomore year but my, my uh teacher my professor was really cool who um, do you remember you in? i forgot that was so long ago okay. but uh we actually like worked the entire semester. To kind of, it was kind of history, so yeah, you are right. So it was a little boring, but at yeah. the end of the class, we had our own like little play that we made. Okay, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah. I wish I had taken um, classes then, but yeah, I, I I took a bunch of the general general classes, and then um, and then I was off. Yeah. So this is January of like twenty thirteen. Correct. And you're getting sent out to boot camp. Yeah. To be a Marine. Yeah. So what happens from then on? So, um, so it's so funny because um, I was still zoned out. I was still in this strange, strange mentality. Um, it was just a very strange moment, um, very strange time in my life. And I didn't like research. I like didn't research what it was going to be like. Mm-hmm. And just so threw yourself into yeah, it. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just, um, I was just going to wing it. And so I did. And, and so. You know, we fly, we fly down to like South Carolina where, you know, and we take the bus from the airport to Paris Island where, uh, where's, where's Paris Island? Paris Island's in South Carolina. It's, okay. um, it's the recruit training depot, um, MCRD, Marine Corps Recruit they, Depot. They really do love their acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and so like I get there and, you know, there's all these drill instructors just like you know, screaming at us and all this. Uh, is it there? Is it similar to what is portrayed in like movies and like yeah, TV shows and stuff? Absolutely. Um, it's like there's a lot of yelling, a lot of like trumpets in the morning, get up, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it full like Full Metal Jacket. Um, I'm trying to think of other other movies that portray it, but um, yeah, it essentially oh, is. is I'm trying to think of that movie with uh, Hawkeye from Avengers. Uh, Jarhead? No, no, no. The one where he defuses bombs. Uh, oh, Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that one seems a little exaggerated, but... Jarhead was with Tobey Maguire. I think so. I don't think I've seen that movie. Um, the Hurt Locker. Oh, yeah, but... Uh, that seems kind of exaggerated. Yeah, that was a very... Um, what it's do you pretty dramatic. It? Yeah, very... It was a cool movie, um, but uh, yeah, it was a, I think it was a great movie. It's just like I don't think that's like what really happened. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, but like I don't think that's what happens. Like, going on a juggernaut suit. Like, yeah, there's like he was like the what do you call it? the the what do you call it? Uh, when you're like a oh my god, I'm blank right now. When you're like amazing at everything, like a master of all trades. Uh, I, I, Maybe I that's think that's that is a saying. Um, I'm horrible at sayings, so like I understand that because like right. literally if anyone that listens to the podcast or all my friends that I've talked to, like I will blank or completely screw up sayings like like isms or whatever. Like like you know like how you have uh, what is it, like grain on the rumor mill? It's like a, it's like a saying. Like, you right. just have it, right. but it's like really like all of those sayings are kind of random. Like they don't really make the full sense in my in my mind at least. 
Um, so I'll always mess up like one word out of it. Mm. And people will get the idea of what I'm saying, but it'll come out wrong. So I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 definitely. It, it's, it's hard. Especially for, um, I just learned this, but for bilingual individuals or, or individuals that speak more than one mm. language, um, that tip of the tongue sensation when you're trying to think of a word um, happens a lot more frequently because there's so many words in your vocabulary. Ah, the fuck everyone. <laughs> right now, okay, that, all right, I'm happy, I'm happy you said that because literally... That happens to me all the time where I'm trying to think of something. I can't, I can't yeah. articulate it. Yeah. And my brain like just has to pause. So this is my excuse now. Yeah, no, <laughs> and it's, it's a very legitimate, <laughs> legitimate So um, if anyone, excuse. if anyone comes up to me and is like, dude, why can't you think of that word? It's like, dude, it's because I'm bilingual. Yeah. Like, Are you bilingual? I'm not, so it's on you. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. I'm glad I can give you something, give you some ammo. Um, so you're going off for training here. You're South Carolina. You're at the boot yeah, camp. Yeah. So, yeah. So we get to boot camp and. I had no idea what I was, I didn't know what to expect, and so it was, it was like a huge culture shock, but, you know, it was pretty, pretty awesome, pretty terrible, pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> it's a good mix of terrible and awesome. Yeah, and like, you know, so it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Um, I mean, like, I could, I could go on all day about boot camp, but. Um, okay, I'd say we delve into it for a little bit at least. Um, yeah, I mean, like you come in and you're not going for for active duty. You come in as reserves. yeah. So like so, so so with the reserves. So I get through boot camp. Um, January, February, March. I graduate April fifth. That's pretty fast. Like boot camp. What is that? Six months? No, four months. January, February, March. Like the entirety of January, February, entirety of March. Into the April, yeah, it's three okay. months. Okay. Um, pretty, pretty cool. It's uh, thirteen weeks, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you come home for boot leave, which is ten days. You get to come home, spend time with your family, your friends, mm-hmm. um, and then you go back to North Carolina. You go back down to North Carolina to. Um, That's where like another one of the bases are. Yeah, okay. on Camp Lejeune. There's um there's a separate camp Camp Johnson and Camp Devil Dog, mm-hmm. and you camp go there Devil for Camp Devil Dog. Yeah, because okay. Devil Dog is a nickname um that was given to the Marines during um World War One, if I'm not oh, mistaken. That ba- uh, the Battle of um, Belle Wood. Okay. Um, so why why Devil Dog? What was that? It, so we were given the name um I can't say it in German uh it's like te- Teffelhunden. I can't I can't forgive my. Mispronunciation, but um, <laughs> yeah, but just uh, the Germans like gave the Marines this nickname because um, of their ferocity and okay, okay they're okay. fighting um, oh, okay, just how aggressive I, I, they were okay, during so battle. Could, um, what was it? this is gonna be a dumb reference from my side, but like Black Ops, like you have like Hellhounds and stuff like that. So okay, similar to like Devil, oh, yeah. Devil Dog Hellhounds. Like, Hellhounds. Oh, like, yeah, I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and there's like a lot of a lot of nicknames for Marines. There's Leathernecks because mm-hmm. back in um, I believe like the eighteen even seventeen hundreds, um, maybe the late seventeen because the Marine Corps was founded in seventeen seventy five, uh, and and Marines used to wear like a uh, a leather collar around their neck that would protect them from getting their throat slit. Oh, shit. And like okay. the collar would also like hold their neck up, mm-hmm. so they'd be called. Um, so that would give them this like confident, yeah, yeah. like Marines would always the look statue. confident, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this confident stature. And, um, so they were called Leathernecks um, and uh, Devil Dogs. Yeah, so Camp Devil Dogs. So so we went back down to North Carolina. I did combat training and combat training was pretty awesome. It was only a month long and 
We get to fire all kinds of awesome weapon systems, um, like the M240, M249. Um, I got to throw my first grenade. Oh, man. And, um, and talking about badassery. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, yeah, I mean, it, it really is, like, badass. Like, it's, you know, when, it, when I was going through it, I was like, wow, this is, this is crazy. This is, this is what I signed up mm-hmm. for. Um, but it, the, the thing is, like, you, you came in on reserves and based on your examination, they said you should go for more of a technical uh, yeah. kind of line, right? So, yes. So, with that, um, with that said, the thing that's very special about the Marine Corps is every Marine is considered a rifleman first. Okay. And so you, then... You do the same training first. Yes. Okay, okay. So every Marine goes through the same exact combat training. Um, and then you go... So, like, your rifleman first and then your technical whatever. job, okay, whatever okay. job you have. So for, for infantrymen, um, instead of combat training, they go to ITB. Um, I, I don't know if it stands for Infantry Training Battalion. I forget. But, so um, many acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and so, so like that's their job school. Mm-hmm. Like their job school is just a longer combat training period right. that I went to. But um, yeah, so I went to uh, I went to combat training through the grenade. And the thing about like a grenade is <laughs> I like how the, the grenade is definitely like vivid in your mind. No, it is, it. and I'm never gonna forget this because I just didn't realize how loud it would be. Mm-hmm. Like you have ear pro, but. It's still it's just loud. The, it's the loudest noise I've ever heard in my life, and it will probably. So do you just like you're tossing it. So yeah, they teach you exactly how to throw it, and you're like in this concrete bunker mm-hmm. that like goes up to your chest. Um, it's below ground level, but like you know, so just like the ch- top portion of your of your body is mm-hmm. um, outside, and you've got another marine there, um, you know, guiding you step by okay. step, and then you just throw it out, and okay. then you 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 get down in like the fetal position yeah, yeah. down against the, the bunker bunker ground. Um, and then it goes off and, um, and like you pull the pin and everything is really cool. Um, and there's, there's like, there's been instances where like, um, uh, Marines have like messed it up and mm-hmm. dropped yeah, it. I was going to actually ask that. Like, yeah. How, how often are the occurrences of like, like I don't know. I can't give you like any st- statistics, but like it's happened. Like there's okay. been like, so, like I, you've been at boot camp and it's happened before or like you just, like, I've never seen it happen. Okay, so no. anecdotally, you know that it has. Though. Yeah. Okay. Cause they tell us it's yeah, happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, that has to that it's has gotta to be, be so crazy. scary oh my god yeah like you, you're supposed to like jump out of the bunker and get away um, how, how big is the blast radius of a, of a grenade oh uh, there's like actual there's a very very accurate um, digits on these on these radiuses I, I don't remember I think mm-hmm. it's like a a 10 meter there's like a 10 meter I don't know it's like a 10 meter casualty zone and then a, oh my god maybe like a 15 Five meter like kill be, zone, yeah, okay. ten meter like casualty fatal, zone, fatal injury, something like that. Because like, like fifteen meters, probably like it's still gonna get injury from like shrapnels, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, so it, I, I should know the specifics, but I don't. <laughs> it's just too many things to remember. Um, the acronyms are filling up too much space. The acronyms, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um. So when did you switch over from like doing okay. doing the training and right. then you get into more of your technical uh, yeah. line of duty? So after combat training. Um, I graduated combat training like May 15th or so. Mm-hmm. And then I was in 29 Palms, California. 29 Palms, California. It's a, 29 Palms is in the Mojave Desert, okay. um, which is like the lower western part of um, 
lower lower eastern part of California, okay. and it stretches all the way into like Nevada and, and Arizona. Like the Mojave Desert is huge, um, and so that's where my job school was. That's where my so my job is a technical controller, um, and we work with like um, the equipment. I'm assuming yeah, with okay. with a lot of technical equipment, um, and my job school is really really long for for uh, like comparatively most jobs are like i want to round it to about 3 months mm-hmm. but i was in i was in uh, 29 palms for about 11, 11 months okay. um almost a year i was out there because of just how long and intricate the job is when it comes down to the equipment you have to you have to know every single piece of equipment I'm yeah yeah it's it's uh and i'm assuming there's a lot of equipment yeah it is and it's it's all this networking stuff and Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but 29 Palms was awesome. Like it was a great time because, because I think, and it, because of one specific factor that I think not a lot of people think about. Um, and it's like the lack of responsibility, believe it or not, because how so, so like when you go over there, you're told when to wake up, you're told what to do. Mm-hmm. You're pretty much fed because you, you you're fed three times a day at the at the chow hall, the mm-hmm. cafeteria. Yeah, yeah. Um, chow hall. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 a because there's naval tradition because the Marine Corps is a part of the Navy, mm-hmm. so there's all this naval lingo. So like the the ground is called the deck, you know. The right. windows are called portholes. Um, the door is called the hatch. Mm-hmm. There's all the That's naval. I mean, yeah. accurate to movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and. Uh, yeah, and you're told you're you're told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Um, right. And so you, like you're kind of like you have your you know for a lack of a better way to say it, but your hand your your hand is kind of held through it. Like yeah, it, like you're getting told what to do the entire time. Yeah, like you really don't have any other responsibilities mm-hmm. except doing what you're told, and it's something you don't think about while you're doing it. You only realize it Which in hindsight. Yeah, because yeah. I I realized it in hindsight, and I was like, wow, like I think that's why. I, I wasn't really stressed. Like mm-hmm. you just sort of, if you can manage yourself well, then you, it's like a stress free, stress free zone. I mean, mm-hmm. of course you're going to get chewed out if you do something wrong. Of course you've got like, you still have like responsibilities right. to uphold. Like you, you got to do your job. You have to learn when you're in the schoolhouse, you have to yeah, learn, you yeah. have to maintain your but, grades but and the, whatever. The planning itself is not on you. Yeah. Like it's, it's one headache that's not there anymore. Yeah. And Cause that's a, that's a big issue that a lot of the college students that I've talked to so far have is that when you come to college as an 18-year-old, thinking you know everything but then know nothing, and you have to schedule everything on your own, that messes with a lot of people. Yeah. Because you can't plan. And you start falling like through the cracks. Like Your sleep schedule gets screwed. Your eating schedule gets screwed. And that messes with your mental capabilities, your, your neurochemistry, and all of that stuff. Um, so though it is like you're still doing a lot, the responsibility of not having, having a plan definitely made it like a little bit less stress-inducing. I can yeah, say that. absolutely. And... and- not having bills because you're living in their quarters, you're living right. um, in their barracks, and um, you don't have to pay rent, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay water, you don't have to pay any bills, mm-hmm. um, you don't have to pay for anything. You really just don't have to do anything except for what they tell you to do. Um, and I and I and that's just like I don't know. It depends on who you are, but for me, that like like if I could go back for another year right now, I would mm-hmm. because like it's just amazing. You could. Like, you know, I was in the best shape of my life. Um, you just you just have time to do things for yourself and you don't have to worry about 
taking care of anything. Like um, you could, you could, and this is like in no way like to be offensive, but like you could be spacey, like as you said you were at the yeah. time, and still like get your shit done because yeah, someone's absolutely. telling you what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, like you, you finished the training, you've done the boot camp, and then you've done your technical training, right? Yeah. So when did you come back to Stony Brook? Because I've met you on campus actually. Okay. Um, and you were taking classes here still and all yeah. that. So I got back. So boot camp, combat training, MOS school. I came home. But so uh, really quick, what's uh, was MOS school? MOS school is um, military occupational <laughs> specialty. Okay, and that was yeah. like really getting into like the nitty gritty of like what your specialization would be. Yeah, okay. MOS. So I'm a twenty eight twenty one tech uh, technical controller. Mm-hmm. Now I'm an O six thirty one, but that's that's another story. It basically changed. You this. It basically closed that job, and I now okay. I, I got, okay, I got okay. a new job. But, um, yeah, so MOS, Military Occupational Specialty, is his job. Um, so I got home in 2014 in, I want to say, March of 2014. Okay. Um, and I came home, this, this, and that was already mid... What's up? This is when I'm actually just starting college, so that's okay. probably why... Still at you on campus, or yeah. okay, you, yeah. You found your so you, you pro- we probably met um, at the end of 2014 um, because I didn't go to I didn't come back to I didn't come back to school until the fall semester mm-hmm. because I came okay. back in March and that was midway yeah, through right, the spring yeah, semester yeah. and I didn't take summer classes because mm-hmm. financial aid doesn't cover summer classes. So then I I re enrolled for this fall semester and. Uh, I was working like security for those months until then, and uh, and so then yeah, as soon as I came back to school, I just jumped back into it. I started taking all my gen eds, mm-hmm. and I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to major in um, until my first junior semester, because that's when you declare, right? You're think so yeah 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 yeah. yeah. so i declared theater arts major but it wasn't until that i it wasn't until then that i finally like like, i remember like i thought about it and i remembered how much i loved what i did in high school with mm -hmm. theater i was like you know what screw it like i'm just gonna go full force um because i like you know after doing all that marine corps stuff there's nothing more to be afraid of you know what i mean like you sort of just you become a braver individual I mean you went you definitely went from being a boy to being a man like, <laughs> yeah you could yeah you could say that but I mean I well I don't want to discredit anyone but I still think <laughs> there's a lot of children in the Marine Corps anyway it's another story um so you declared theater so I declared theater arts major um and I was like I was like you know this is what I want to do for a living I want to see if I could make a living um from doing this and um and so I just, I, so I finished all my, so like I finished all my gen eds, those, those first four semesters. Okay. So my second four semesters were, were all theater classes. Theater. Okay. Um, and that was like a really, really good time because I learned a lot, um, met a lot of, a lot of great people. Um, and I still have a lot more to learn, but, um, but that's sort of where I find myself now because I graduated in December. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got my diploma in the mail like nice. three days ago. So six months and it took that long for your diploma to get there? Six what? yeah. I'm not gonna wait that long. I'm gonna have to wait that long I, for my diploma. I hope I hope you yeah. don't have to wait that long, but it took six months because I graduated in December and I just got it. I have a vague feeling it's gonna come in the mail folded. 
Oh, which you, I know it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you just stomp back here and <laughs> march back here and get another one. Um, but, uh, no, because, I mean, you pay enough. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have so many criticisms about the school, but... Don't, trust me, every single person, every guest I've had on so far, that's from Stony Brook, we've shit on Stony Brook. So, yeah. we don't got to go into it. <laughs> um... So yeah, so you're, uh, you finish your you finish your undergraduate. Um, you're kind of in this time zone now. Uh, you you've done theater. You've you've done your training and all of this stuff. Um, so we could talk about now. Your it's kind of like the last section of it is like your plans from this point on, like short and long term. Yeah. Um, I know you're getting deployed soon. Um, there's that end of it. Then there's the whole uh, theater end of it, where you kind of want to pursue acting and all that. And I know, and I, correct me if I'm mistaken, you want to go to Juilliard. Um, to, to pursue that professionally and then kind of like where you see the two aligning or like the timeline of them yeah absolutely um, great setup there um, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, so as of right now yeah so I'm going to get deployed to the Middle East um, at the end of the year I can't specify um, no obviously <laughs> but I mean that's spec- that's specific enough um, not, it's so funny I said it like that it's not like top secret right? well it, it is it's for OPSEC it's no we'll, like, say, we'll say you're special ops can't tell anyone it's no. classified information you guys can't know you just, you're not you're not you can't it's classified information you uh, can't know no but no they do they, te- they tell us not to tell anyone yeah yeah um, they tell us to like, keep it vague um, for for a good reason because there's yeah, been yeah. you know there's been plenty of instances where you know guys have gotten in trouble for it and not just getting in trouble is, is the object but the safety of others. You don't yeah, want to exactly. like compromise yeah. a mission. Um, but yeah, Sounds so the bad. Middle East, so it bad. does. It's, it's classified and, like, and it can't be compromised. <laughs> <laughs> um, <it's, laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Middle East, the end of the year. So until then, um, not quite sure because I, I had been banking on leaving this month. I, mm-hmm. I had I had thought I was going to leave this month. Um, but then there's some logistical, um, challenges and, and so now it's pushed back, but, um, but it's set in stone, black and white, it's happening end of the year. Um, and what I plan on doing, so I'm going to be out, um, I'll be out there for about 11 months. Um, and, and so, so, so with that, when you're deployed, that counts as active duty time mm-hmm. and ha- if I were able to go back, I would have gone active duty um, because when you're active duty, you qualify for the GI Bill. And the GI Bill is a um, – it's basically a bill for service members that um, that helps them with the financial costs of education. And being in the reserves, I didn't really qualify. You qualify for a small percentage, but it's mm-hmm. only like – I don't know, a couple hundred dollars a month, mm-hmm. and that you know that's not a lot. So, so that means that uh, for going for your undergraduate, you were uh, banking on like fin- just regular financial aid, same thing as like the average college student. Yeah, that's what okay, I okay. use. I use TAP and I used um, FAFSA. FAFSA. Yeah. Um, and I was fortunate to be unfortunate because of. Um, I know what you. I know. What you, yeah. I have the same scenario. Um, there's actually a point in time in my junior year, where my parents started making more and that made it more difficult for yeah. us to pay for college because yeah. I got less financially. Right? Loopholes out here. It's so annoying. It's weird. It's a counterintuitive. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, so the GI Bill. So I'll be, I'll be out for 11 months and the way with the GI Bill works, the way the GI Bill works is there's increments of active duty time that you have to qualify for to 
um, be granted a percentage of the GI Bill. So 50% of the GI Bill is, um, I, th- I believe it's 12 months active duty time, you'll qualify for 50% of the GI Bill. Mm-hmm. And I have, and I could be mistaken, it might be 18 months, I, I just don't remember these numbers, but the numbers I do know is 24 months, you get 80%. Okay. So that that's the number I'm aiming for. And so have you been active duty before going to, uh, before being deployed uh, in the past? Like, so as active duty. I've been active duty, but not for purposes other than training. Okay. So boot camp, combat training and MOS school don't count as um, active duty for non-training reasons. Mm-hmm. It's all, that's all training. But the exception is if you deploy and you take the time that you're deployed mm-hmm. and you add it to your training active duty time okay. and it's at least 24 months you'll qualify for the entirety of the 24 months so oh, okay, if you just okay. take this 11 months of active okay. duty time that's you know that's nothing mm-hmm. but it you know if i take that and all that training with the training couple it, okay. it so it's so let so this 11 months um of the of the, the deployment the three months of boot camp mm-hmm. one month of um, combat training mm-hmm. and then 11 months of um, mos school so that's four, eleven, fifteen. It's almost it's twenty six months. Yeah. Um, and so that'll qual- qualify me for eighty percent of the GI Bill, and I would have to be dumb not to go back to school right. after coming home from this deployment because with that GI Bill, that means eighty percent of tuition costs are going to be paid for, and on top of that, I'm going to be paid. 80% of BAH, which is basic allowance for housing, mm-hmm. um, and uh, BAS, uh, basic allowance for sustenance or supplies. I forget. Too many acronyms. But um, you get you get paid an allowance every month okay. um, while you're going to school. And so 80, so like in on Long Island, it's like $3,200 a month, I think is like BAH. And so, like eighty percent of that is like twenty five, I mm-hmm. think twenty five hundred. So this is given to you as like a stipend kind of. Form. Yeah, okay. and it's given to you. So it, it's as not long dependent. as you're going to school. Okay, so it's not dependent on what your expenses actually are. It's more of a kind of it's it's given to you it, if you're going to school. It's given to you depending on where the location of your school is. Okay. okay. So I I I am going to apply um, to Juilliard and probably a few other schools like Tisch mm-hmm. um, and maybe NYU. Um, when I get home for the grad for their graduate program, because I want to I want a master's in acting, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so with with the GI Bill, like I think I think like this is gonna help that help me make that a reality because you'll get so I'll get paid the BAH for New York City, which is really high. Yeah. Um, well, I'll get eighty percent of it, and like. But that's that's a lot. Yeah, that's and so you'd have to be amount. dumb not to right. go to school because right, you're getting right. paid to go to school, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I like I'm you know, I'm really excited to get to get that started because I never really thought cuz it's funny, I never thought I was going to be able to afford undergraduate school. Yeah, yeah. And then now, you know, and, and then graduating I, I was like, oh, I can't afford graduate school cuz the financial aid doesn't cover yeah, yeah. after that. Um uh, but now, you know, with here the, you are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's so, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, no, and so I'm I'm really excited about that. Um but down the line so moving forward, um yeah, I plan on uh because do you know? Uh, are you a Star Wars fan? Not really. Okay. I, I know people get hurt when I. No, <laughs> I've seen this is where I, this is where I messed up. I watched the first three first, 
and then I just couldn't commit to the, the next ones. Like, yeah. I just I, I didn't start at a young age, so I feel like it's a world where it's you need right. to get invested from early on. But yeah, keep, keep no, going. No, yeah, it's pretty okay. <laughs> Different strokes for different folks. Uh, <laughs> That's a good Yeah, no, uh, in Star Wars, in the latest film, uh, well, two of the latest ones, The uh, Force Awakens and uh, Last Jedi, mm-hmm. I don't, do you do you know the villain Kylo Ren? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he, his so the actor's name is Adam Driver, mm-hmm. and he he was a marine, and yeah. he went to Juilliard. Um, he got rejected the first time he applied, and then he applied again and got accepted. And he used the GI Bill, and it was in Juilliard that he he got connected with HBO, and that's how he wow. got his foot in the door. And so I want to I'm gonna I'm gonna try to reach out to him. Um, as you know, fellow Marine to Marine, yeah, yeah. And, and see if I could get some words of advice or oh, anything like that. I, I'm gonna do my best, and I'll see how yeah, that goes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm gonna try to follow into his. I'm gonna try to follow his footsteps um, in that regard. But um, yeah, like like long long term goals. Uh, you know, I want to try to achieve like my first dream. I want to try to make it to Broadway or, mm-hmm. or off Broadway. Um, and then uh, eventually move into film because mm-hmm. I think the strongest actors have a theater foundation, yeah, like a yeah. like a live more of a live performance, like yeah, like, because it's a whole different ball game. Like yeah. this, you know, on film, you do one scene, you cut, yeah, you break yeah. character, like you can memorize like only the scenes for that one, yeah, only the lines for that one Whereas scene. When you're on a performance on stage, yeah, like the whole non-stop. thing, like you're just in the zone, you yeah. gotta keep going. Um, but like like I said, I think the the best actors have that strong theater acting foundation, and mm-hmm. so that's what I want I want to try to do. That's what I've been doing, um, and uh, and then yeah, I mean theater, and then move move on to film because there's so many opportunities. You know, we've got Netflix, we've got Hulu, right, right. Um, all these new HBO shows. Like there's so many media opportunities you know YouTube series. Yeah, like, yeah. There's so many shows. And it's just growing more. Yeah, I mean people always want content. Yeah. It's just depending on what content you're putting out. Yeah. And I feel like right now, like media is just trying to like to test in the waters, just putting things out yeah. there. Oh, it didn't work? All right, we can cancel it. We can try another one. Right. So like as long as you can get your foot in the door, that's all that really matters. Yeah. Our, like our generation is so media hungry. Like, yeah. 100%. I think I think it's a huge, you know, because like, you know, whenever I tell people, you know, they, they ask me what I go to school for, what do you mm-hmm. want to do? And I tell them acting. Mm-hmm. You always get that look like, because it's, yeah, yeah. you know, like, because it's not a practical thing, mm-hmm. but and that's a decision I had to make, and I knew that. Like I, and I know it. I still know it. That you know, it's not a practical skill, but it's just what I want to do, yeah, and you it know, has like, potential. Yeah, and there really is. Like, it's not going to be easy, you know. And, and nothing good in life is. Yeah. Nothing good in life is easy, but um, to but you, it's, to you, it's worth it. Yeah, it's your passion. Yeah. It's something you love. It's something you want to do. Yeah, and, yeah. and and I, I would, I would just be. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I didn't at least try. Right. You know what I mean? Right. If, if it doesn't work, well, then it doesn't work. Yeah. And but you I'll, gave it your all. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You don't want to be an old man or an old woman and like and think back in life and, and wish you did something. You right. Know? You, I think that is that would be the most painful thing in anybody's life is wishing they did something that they can no longer do. Mm-hmm. You have to try. And that's, you know, that's what's going to make you that's what's going to allow you to sleep at night. And that's what's, you know, mm-hmm. that's what's going to carry you on. That's actually, that's funny that you ended off on that. Because the last section I actually have on the podcast is I tell my guests to say one quote or one saying or one type of uh, uh, kind of um, quote or something they find important at the end of it. 
and I feel like you just said it. So if you want, you could rephrase it and say it however you want. But I think we've covered your story. You got a lot going on. You'll be one of the most badass actors out there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you. So knock, knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. Um, and we covered a lot of ground here. And so if you want, you could say a different quote, or we could leave it at that one, where it's just, you know, never live with. Uh, you you want to end up with no regrets when you're older. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just you have to at least try. Don't give up until you try. There we go. You can wrap it up on that. You got to try. You got to put in the work no matter what it is. Um, All right, guys. Thank you for watching the video again, watching the podcast, listening to the podcast, whatever it be. Chris Johnson, badass. Look at this guy. Classified, doing classified things out here. (laughs) Give it up for our awesome host. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Peace out. And I'll see you in the next one.